Welcome to another installment of the number one award-winning, world-famous, beloved podcast, In Bed with Nick and Megan, starring <laughs> <laughs> Nick Offerman, featuring hmm. Megan Mullally, and with very, very special guest stars, Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff. Who also have a number one, most beloved, world-famous <laughs> Incredibly popular the big podcast. Two. Yeah, the big yeah. two. Yeah, we're the, the, we're the two Both tops. recorded in bed. Mm-hmm. My favorite murder, to be exact. Hi. Have you listened to my favorite murder? I have. Okay. Yeah, several. You're going to be busted just then, if, if not. <laughs> Stay sexy, don't get murdered. Karen, we've known for low these many years. I think originally through Ellen DeGeneres, used to write for her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have always been very besotted with your Twitter account. Oh, thank you. And Georgia is a new addition to our People We Love clutch. Happy to be here. I I also actually knew Karen from the get-go from Largo, and I used to go to the old Largo with Rhett Miller all the time. And she was part of a duo called the Girls Guitar Club. Oh, you know what? I I saw that. So, but we hadn't met at that point. But I I saw that back in the Tenacious D days of right. Argo. Yeah. yeah. It was so funny that mm-hmm. literally I am now touring the country playing stupid songs on a guitar <laughs> for pay. Inspired by our stupid songs. Partially, absolutely. <laughs> you guys were so funny. Thank you. So you and you guys met at a party. You started talking and you discovered that you both were fond of murder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I used to go to Largo way back in the day, too, and watch. Oh. I was, like, I was, such, I was a fan and all nerdy. And so I think one time I saw her at a party and I was like, well, I'm going to make her friends with me. <laughs> but then yes. she started talking about something horrible. And I was like, tell me everything. <laughs> and um, automatic bond. Yeah, I was like. I thought it would be a good idea to talk about the terrible multi-injury car accident I had just witnessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and two people who, many of them had just taken a hit off of a pipe. And so I watched, like one of our friends went ashy, like he was going to faint. And then I was like, why do I do this? What's, why do I, why is this the way my anxiety comes out of me at parties? And right as I was starting to beat myself up, literally her hand like, came over a shoulder and was like, what did you just say? I want to hear every word. And I was like, oh my God, she, oh, saved, she saved me. Kindred spirits. Yeah. Future so business partner. Right. Yeah. Right. Within three months. Well, <laughs> yeah. I listened to your podcast and also, but then when I read your book, I thought I desperately want both of them to be my best friends. <laughs> so it's like a whole big circle of wanting to be each other's friends. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The glue of which is pretty unlikely subject matter. Exactly. And then their book, uh, Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered, is a little bit of a departure from the podcast in that it's it's kind of more about tips about how to be a human. Oh, nice. And yeah. examples of their humanhood and how they've succeeded or failed. And we should more. say right now that uh, Megan Mullally was also a featured editor on that book because <laughs> when Megan read The Unproofed Galley, uh, I just started getting texts that were like four inch, five inches long that were just like, real quick note. And then it would just be line edits through I'm the books. Thank God for you. a frustrated English teacher. Yeah, you're an English major. I mean, I really mm-hmm. am. Yeah. yeah. She really is a talented editor. Yeah. Uh, it's it, Truly. It's one of, I mean, we, we uh, have welcomed you to our home. We're now in our California king-size bed. <laughs> and on our way upstairs, I pointed out that Megan had designed the home, and it's exquisite and sublime. And editing uh, the written word is yet another place also, there's a dog here in this room, <laughs> and just last night, Megan trimmed her face with a pair oh. of scissors. Look at that. She's adorable. <laughs> you great. can do it all. Will you trim my bangs right now? <laughs> really? I will. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Have you done a podcast yet where we trim each other's hair? No. Uh, well, Ooh. that's it. <laughs> oh. The reason my hair is so short right now is because I tried to cut 
I was starting to feel like crunchy. My, our friend Meg, who cuts both of our hair, calls it the kitchen. This area of your hair underneath, it's like, that's wild and can't be tamed and is always doing weird stuff. She calls it the kitchen. So I kept going like, God, the kitchen is just destroyed. It's so damaged. And it was literally like crunching in my fingers as I was touching it. So I picked up a pair of scissors and just was like, I'm just going to cut off the crunchy parts and began to give myself a slow bob all day long, (laughs) fixing, turning, fixing, turning. was very bad. I, at one point, it actually looks fantastic. So Thank you might you. be onto something. I, at one point, cut my own hair for three straight years. Mm. And it was during the first Will and Grace. So what? you can wow. see examples of my handiwork anywhere. <laughs> anywhere you really. Wait, care just to look. like out of boredom? Or what were you doing? I just, I don't know. I just got into some crazy. Oh, I got a crazy idea in my head that going to a salon was a waste of my valuable time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll just do it myself, which takes 8,000 times longer. Yes. P.S. Yeah. It, it do, you do, I, I was surprised when I went to a salon for the first time and discovered that they charge money. <laughs> um, it right. seems and like... When we sent the, sent, finally sent the dogs out to the groomer, we had two dogs before this dog who were also poodles. And I used to do not just the, their face... Their entire bodies. <laughs> you were just sitting there. Yeah. yeah. And they would stand motionless for <laughs> wow. an unspecified amount of time. For some reason, they didn't rebel against that. They liked it. Yeah. She doesn't want to stand there for even one moment. No. I'm the same way where there's stuff I want. If, I, if there's stuff to spend money on, but I could do it myself, like I won't to a point where that it's just problematic at this point. And yeah. I'm stubborn, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I really did love your book, and I was excited that you guys asked me to do a blurb for it. Thank you for doing we that. We were so good. So excited yeah. that you said, yeah. I was like, because they were like, hey, like the editors came to me and were like, here's the list of people we really want you to ask Megan Mullally. And I was just like, I just don't think we're asking friends. Like, we're not favor friends. Right. Um, like, I haven't seen her in two years. It's, it's, it's not really like that. It's hard to do. It's embarrassing. Yeah, and do. then it's like, also, every time I saw you guys on Twitter, it's like, we're on tour, and and of course, the new show, and there's this, and there, there was never not four things going on. So it's just like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and add to your pile. Oh, uh, Karen Kilgariff. Yeah, you haven't seen me. <laughs> you don't really know. And there's homework. You have to read Yes, books. exactly. And then not only did I write a blur, but I think I wrote four blurbs yes. yeah and i was like just pick whichever one you have so excited about i was like i don't know like whatever one you want or you can take them apart and put them in a different order you can combine two of the blurbs or- it was like blurbs for every yeah. mood it was like here's the blurb about friendship here's the blurb about <laughs> psychiatry yeah. i think our editor did lose her mind she was like that is amazing we should send her a basket yes uh, or, yeah. a basket a basket yeah we basket. still owe you dinner for the old blurb favor mm. yeah and a basket at dinner well, now you don't owe anything because you're doing our podcast oh payback this will be a feast how (laughs) long have you had your podcast that really is a beloved number one award-winning internationally acclaimed podcast how long have you been doing it almost three years yeah four 2016. We're like perfectly Four. across from each other. I know. I'm just Four years. That's how math works. Four Almost. Years. Wow. 2016. Oh, because it's the end of 2019. Yeah. That's right. Oh my god. It's crazy. I've been saying that our um, podcast is the number one um, award-winning internationally beloved podcast for everyone we've done so far and none of them have aired yet that's the joke <laughs> yeah. so you gotta you gotta aim high yeah, yeah. Just in case. positive thinking mm-hmm. yeah. it's all the secret yeah the secret's real we all know that we did it yeah. it's real inexplicably people have gone apeshit for our podcast yeah <laughs> right they love it everybody <laughs> in this from room the past. seems yeah. to have tolerated it tall so people far. short Everybody's people you out. name it there's a ton of buzz downstairs of about it have walked out. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no no one stormed out about it downstairs <laughs> oh my gosh i actually quoted your twitter in our book that's right the book that nick and i wrote the greatest love story ever told <laughs> because i was talking about fashion we were talking about fashion we had a chapter that covered that and i your tweet shoes exclamation point in quotation marks shoes exclamation point and then attributed to the dumb 
<laughs> I always love I love that so much. And that's not to say that I don't have my fair share of shoes, but I don't spend a lot of time thinking about shoes. Or talking about talking My about thing them. is it's issues as a personality. Like I'm more yeah. embarrassed that I have more than 10 pairs of shoes. Mm -hmm. I don't really want people to know that. Right. Just that thing of like naming brands of shoes as yeah. your personality conversationally. Or being able to like <laughs> not look enough. at shoes and yeah. be like, I know what shoes those are. Oh, there's red bottoms. Yeah, oh. it's the old. It's pennies. That's what it means. Um, well, with so many people that listen to our podcast sent me pictures of that page of your book freaking out oh, because people oh, love stuff like that. Like huh. people, it was like an Easter egg for the people that would you know, tell me about it. They were just like, did you know you were in this book? And I didn't, of course, oh, until great. then. Yeah, it was very exciting. I love that. Isn't that funny how Twitter, the ultimate waste of time and sometimes the most depressing <laughs> machine on earth is also the best. Yeah. And like, it's it so fun. Yeah, that's it the is, infuriating thing. Yeah. The best thing about it um, is that it is social media to the extent that I have really legitimately met people you know, I've DM'd people that I don't know, and I've gotten to know them and become friends with them in yeah. some cases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I lived with a shepherd and his family in no oh, northern England. <laughs> yeah. This is real. Who this I is met true. Over Twitter. Yeah. And I thought you were heightening. I yeah. thought you were doing no. the old yeah. improv game. <laughs> the, I'll do that later. Don't worry. But the, this incredible writer named James Rebanks, who's a shepherd, he's like an eighth generation shepherd in the Lakes District. Um, and he, there's a Kentucky writer that I love, my favorite writer named Wendell Berry, who's an agrarian, and James the Shepherd, uh, who's called Herdy Shepherd, because he, he, sh he raises Herdwick sheep. Um, I found him on Twitter because he had a this great book called uh, Shepherd's Life, and he was doing a book tour, and it was in the Wendell Berry fan club circle, where I was like, hey, you know, we both seemed like guys who could use a shovel, you know, that kind of thing, uh, who also happen to write books. And so we made friends over Twitter and um, it's it's a fun genre where it's like uh, guys who can, I mean, we've now stacked stone walls together. <laughs> and, but at the same time, we're super sensitive and like want to be empathetic, progressive human beings. So it's, it's a weird group because we'll go to the pub with the thugs and be like, yeah, fucking football, yeah, or whatever. But at the same time, we're like, you know, really, you shouldn't. Um, where does where does he live? I can't remember. In the very northwest corner of England, the lakes, the Lake District. So Nick has actually, that's true. He went and stayed with them for a wow. couple of long weekends, so he knows all of their children and, and the sheep, yeah, and the dog. <laughs> Many of the sheep. I think the weirdest uh -oh. part of that is that you're both on Twitter. Like, that <laughs> sure, <doesn't make. laughs> yeah, right. Well, he 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 is. Uh, I I'm uh, very much in and out because I I learned at some point, like I used to be very vocal and like, oh, you know, the president's a piece of shit. And then eventually you realize that doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, and usually when I put out a creative message, I can see some results where people are like, hey, you made my family feel better when we laughed or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that kind of vitriol, I was like, I'm just adding to the problem, I'm not helping. Mm -hmm. So I, I became much more in and out and I look at it a lot less than I used to. He, on the other hand, you like he also despises it, but he uses it for activism, specifically in agricultural terms of getting off of corporate agriculture and like bringing our farmland back to uh, trusting mother nature rather than Monsanto to raise mm. our food. Hmm. Um, which I, admi I admire when people can do that. Well, because if you get in people's day to day and mm. you make them care about it's not just some kind of far off concept yeah right. it's like then suddenly it is that very much like you're going this is my friend or this is i know a person i talk about people from twitter all the time like oh my friend so and so but i've never seen them in real life or whatever <laughs> but it is like you spend so much time with them true. there was a really good um i think it was some either an instagram story or TikTok or something but it was just a it was a british farmer who opens the gate and welcomes all did you see that all the chickens and the geese out of the barn every morning yeah. but he knows every single one of them by name <laughs> so he's like there he is Rob. Me, and then here comes like this <laughs> rooster. It was, it's one of the funniest videos. And I was like, 
Oh, that just actually quashed all of the like Trump panic that yeah. that grew over the last two hours of looking at this goddamn <laughs> website. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's gone. And right, it's... you're making me because I, I don't I don't go on Twitter that often anymore because I don't I'm not a comedian, so I don't make jokes. Yeah, I'm not a... and you're. Yeah, it's hard. I think it Instagram. is for people who do hard jokes or right. people who are very political. I, I, me too. Instagram is my yeah, favorite. Yeah, but maybe I should use it for something positive, like advocate for this and that. One thing well, you can do, if I mean, you, you can just ignore it. That's you know, that's, what I've been that's doing. a healthy yeah. choice. Yeah. But since I quit weighing in nearly as heavily, when I do feel like. I want to keep the flypaper sticky or like maybe I have a tour coming up. So I want to say like, hey, remember me? Right. I, I grow whiskers. Uh, I will proffer something that's like uh, a piece of poetry or a picture of a flower. Just something that's like, Meaningful, look, yeah. guys, here's something nice. Yeah. Take it easy. Have a good day. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to try that. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't even know my password. People will, sh <laughs> don't worry, people will still shit on you. Oh, good. Yeah, they'll attack you. Call oh, that sure. a flower? <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, really, Twitter is pretty crazy. I mean, I don't know if you get it because you do a lot of, you do comedy, but do you get hateful comments? S sometimes, but I mute people so quickly. Yeah, that me too. You, if your comment isn't overtly positive from oh by word three i mute it 100%. like i just don't let anybody I say whatever either. yeah you can't i'm like a nazi about blocking people mm -hmm. i don't because... want to say i'm like a nazi about anything so i take that back but i'm very <laughs> stringent in my blocking and muting you're practices. like a school marm yeah you oh, yeah. can't you can't very just let school oh, that'd That's be like right. going up and down the street and just being like any thoughts or notes to that. just whoever yeah. i'm on instagram being like i'm so sorry feel that way. I did that at the beginning when I first got on Twitter. I, I felt like I had to try to like work yeah. it out with everybody. It sucks to think that people quickly. hate you, like hate you for yeah. no reason. For no, yeah, Twitter is much more that way. Yeah. That's Instagram is a friendlier It place. is, definitely. It's also, I think a lot of people operating from this um, oh, I only have 200 followers. No one's paying attention to me. I can kind of do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. So then every once in a while, if someone is sassy, I'll just say something bitchy back mm -hmm. and or for a little while I've stopped doing this because I don't think it's good overall, especially with as the world is falling apart, I do it less. Mm -hmm. But when things calm down a little bit, I like to just tell people to shut up every once in a while. <laughs> it feels like it's like you're here on my thing. This is how I do it. If you don't like it, you shouldn't follow me and you yeah. shouldn't be on it. But certainly if you're going to comment like there's been a couple of times where people will comment on the quality of the joke. And I'll just have to write back, like, but how would you know? Like, fuck you, yeah. fuck you, and don't think yeah. I'm gonna be nice to you if yeah. you're bringing it. You know, I love a good fight. Patton yeah. Oswalt does that great thing where people shit on him, and then he just circles, he screenshots their account and circles that they're following him. Oh yeah, yeah. and he's like, yeah. if you don't like it. That's the change the channel. Yeah. 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 Instead of That's complaining, the there's so many other options for mm -hmm. people to follow, not <laughs> yeah. someone you clearly hate. And I've tried to be really clear by saying whenever I do post something that's political, I always say, if you don't like this, please, please uh -huh. unfollow me. Yeah. But I don't know if that always happens. Well, I think there are people who are there for the fight. I, they're there to troll and they're there to kind of like stir the soup a little bit lonely on instagram lonely you can turn off commenting mm -hmm. which is but i love really the interaction cute. too though of like the cool nice which is like overwhelmingly that's who it is mm -hmm. and i love that absolutely yeah it can be the best yeah. yeah let me ask you i mean you guys have you know you started this podcast and i kind of i kind of want to hear about in a second uh what that was like because uh, we're not uh connoisseurs like we're not experts on on any genre. Uh, so I'd like to hear how wild, wild west or not early podcasting was. Um, but you've become the sensation. You have a massive following. It's really successful. Um, do you, is part of that maintaining uh, fan conversations? Like, do, do uh, you know, is that something that you have time to do or something that like, like, does someone maintain? I, I do enjoy the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Yes. <laughs> and whenever they talk about like the questions they get from listeners, and and they base their court cases on that show from listener interaction. But I'm presuming that they have some kind of producer managing that. 
Yeah, they must. Right? Um, yeah, because that's something I'm always amazed by friends who are like very successful writers uh, or actors who clearly must spend like hours a day maintaining their Twitter account. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> Often in a very positive way. Um, Neil Gaiman is one who oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. is so incredibly yeah. generous. Uh, but I always ask him why uh, became pals with him a few years ago. And um, I just say how it's I love your Twitter feed, but how can you possibly do it? Because you're also writing and making TV shows. And he says he's just very mellow about it that like, um, it's just a lag time thing. Like if he's sitting there with five minutes, yeah. he answers six questions yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, we got really lucky from the very beginning in that the majority of the people who listen to the podcast are like women our age or, you know, college age who kind of wanted someone to represent them in the true crime field because it was, it wasn't like that. It was all masculine. If you listen to yeah. the, the old podcasts of true crime podcasts, when it's male um, hosts, they'll be doing, you know, male razor commercials and shit. And so it just wasn't for us yet, like at the time. So when we started doing it, I think a huge, and because of that, they're so supportive of us. Mm -hmm. And they're just this like, you know, this force. Also, yeah. they're just, most of the people have great sense of humor, obviously. That's why they, you know, it's part of the podcast. So when they interact, yeah, 90% of the time, it's either what, we expect or it's something hilarious like it's like oh my god here's this hilarious story or here's this thing i think you'd like and they're almost always right you know what i mean yeah. or it's just mm -hmm. like here's my cat pretending to read your book with, <laughs> with people glasses on or whatever just delightful <laughs> content and that's mo yeah that's most of it so it's easy and then every once in a while like one time i got locked out of my house so i was just like I'm locked out, ask me anything until the locksmith comes, <laughs> where it's very much like feeding my ego of like, yeah. people want to ask me things. And then <laughs> someone told me to go for a walk and I told her to shut up. Then she got mad. That was a whole thing. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like to me, that's just a fun, people actually have a question for you or, or you know what yeah. I mean, even give a shit mm -hmm. to talk to you. I, I'm still very delighted by that part of it. And we yeah. actually did this other thing that like we didn't know was a thing at the time but a way to engage the audience is that we asked everyone for their hometown murders and they're like big oh, wow. cases that changed their life as a kid or, you know, happened to their family. And we dedicated it. We started just doing it at the end of every episode. And then we just started dedicating a whole mini episode to reading those. Mm -hmm. So they're, it's the best stories that we've ever, you know, gotten um, are from people who like, you know, they feel like they're part of it because of it. And they are. I have some hometown murders that I'd like to get off my chest. Let's hear them. Please. As, oh, she's sitting as up. you know. <laughs> um, just, just be very careful about how about the names that you use. Yeah. B specifically my family members. <laughs> <laughs> Please protect the innocent. Just so, say uncle or I grew up in Oklahoma brother. City, Oklahoma, and um, there's nothing to do there but drink and vote Republicans. So... Um, <laughs> The other pastime, the only other pastime would be cheating on your spouse. Oh. So when I, and I, this is crazy because I went to such a small school. There are only 69 people in my graduating class. Wow. And Nick loves that it was 69. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. And so uh, there were actually three people in my graduating class who had some crazy things go down involving their parents. One of them, I'll start with the least shiny first, the least flashy. Um, one Ease us in. guy that I went to school with, his father was a psycho, some kind of doctor, but he was in the psychoanalysis branch of whatever that would be. And he was gaslighting his wife and telling her she was crazy and making her drink her own urine. What? So that's not a murder. I know. Oh. But then right. another girl. We're just going to touch on it. Okay. Just we're going to linger over the last one. We're going to linger over the last one. Please send us away with three full books on whatever yeah. these stories yeah. are because I need to know everything that. About was that. just an aperitif before the meal. Okay. Well, here's two that involve murder. So um, I went to school with a, a girl and I'd been in school with the, it's a private school. I went to school with some of these people from first grade on through high school. Uh, this girl, her father, this was right after we, both of these next stories were right after we'd graduated. 
her father um, burned the house down with the entire family <gasps> in it. The mother and her, one of her siblings were killed. <sighs> but then here's one that <clears throat> I know all the details of. So a guy I went to school with who I'd gone to school with for many years, his father um, started having an affair with the babysitter, who is 16, I believe. Mm -hmm. So this involves a lot of different elements. <laughs> um, Many taboos. <laughs> no, just to murder, yeah. Uh, and they, he got a divorce from his wife, and she somehow moved out of the house. The wife moved out, which is usually not the case. He had the, or maybe she hadn't moved out yet. He had the babysitter installed in the, guest quarters, which mm. was an apartment over the garage, right? Everything was going fine with him and the babysitter until she announced that she wanted to move to New York and audition for Broadway shows as a chorus girl. And he went in one night, she was in the bed, and he poured gasoline on the bed and set it on fire oh. and burned her to a crisp and then spent the rest of his life in prison, died in prison. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think died in prison. God. He might have gotten out right before he died, like a year before or something. That is two fire murderers. Yeah. Yes. Right. That must have been the drug of choice that year. Yeah, wow. Because those things both happened within a year or two of each other, I think. People must have freaked out on that second one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. So that's my home too. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has one and people who say like they're not into true crime a lot because people will kind of admonish us for like saying we're interested in it. But they all have some story like that that they remember or that, you know, changed their neighborhood and, mm -hmm. and they're all like ready and willing to tell you. I had a suspected murder next door to us. Like my mom and I were convinced it was a murder because listen, why wouldn't it be? Yes. Okay, Probably. So our neighbors were named the McNutts, right? <laughs> oh man. Mac and Avis McNutt. And he was a big hunter. He would go out, he had a pickup truck and he would go out on a hunting trip and he would come back with a giant, beautiful deer with huge horns hanging, little head hanging off the back of the oh. pickup truck. And that was gross. My mom and I didn't like that. <laughs> but then one day we got word that Avis McNutt had tragically died. And we said, well, how did that happen? It was winter. And the story that he, that Mac McNutt had told was that she was walking out the back door and there were two steps down. So it's just two concrete steps and a little black railing like this big, like just a really like, mm -hmm. you know, you'd get like an, an eight, hardware 18 store. inch like cast iron railing. Yeah, there just a regular, you know, two and three inches in diameter railing. And she, he said she slipped on the ice and hit her throat. <laughs> Because the only thing she hit was just right her throat mm -hmm. and died. Well, clearly strangled her. I mean, am I crazy? I mean, <laughs> or or what, he hit her. With and the... nobody even questioned it. Like the police were like, oh, okay. So she hit her throat. She fell down two steps and hit her throat hard enough that she died. And he was like, that's what happened. Yeah. And they were like, okay. Did he say it like that? Yeah. Look. I want that. Does seem suspicious. He was from vaudeville. <laughs> yeah. He was a famous vaudevillian. Hello, my baby. <laughs> Deer hunter slash vaudevillian. They met in vaudeville because she had this amazing neck ass yeah, where she yeah. could stick her neck oh. out. A, further than the rest a of her giant body. giant neck that, yeah. It makes no sense. No. But what no. if it's true? So he killed her. I mean, he strangled her. Wouldn't that suck if it was How true? often yeah. do you hit your neck? Not often. No. Not, you don't lead with it. You have to be a pretty no. good shot. On a little railing <laughs> that's this it. big, you know? Yeah. Well, and also I think that's the, the fascinating part to me is that it could happen next door. Mm -hmm. It could happen to any of the people that you're standing around that you think you know, mm -hmm. neighbors and whatnot. Like that idea, and I think it just depends on maybe the age you learn this, that that could be happening. Mm -hmm. That that whole like, that idea that the world as you know it is not the is not how it's really going. I, that's just what got me at a young age. Yeah. Like I knew my parents were lying to me. They wouldn't tell me what was really happening because my mom was a big like, oh, uh, okay, go out of the room. I'll tell you later, yeah. or I'll tell you when you're older. Mm -hmm. And so I always had that thing of like, I'm missing out on the good stuff. And it was this. It was like, 
Avis McNutt, that was, did not die in a fall. Did yeah. not. Yeah. No, and I like that her memory is being honored. Yeah. Right now. She deserved better. Yes. Also, that that name is beyond. Well, see, that's part of the story. Truly. <laughs> Mac and Avis McNutt. Mac McNutt. Oh, I have yeah. I hope none of their relatives descend in. Yeah, you might have to bleep out a couple of those McNuts in there. (laughs) Superfluous McNuts. (laughs) We can say McNutt, but just maybe not the first name. So she, uh, just uh, for the lawyers listening, she allegedly... Uh, there you go. Fell and and struck her throat, there and that's was Thank how she. You. Yes, that's what expired. I, that's what I meant. Say yeah. the word allegedly, so they can edit it in before anywhere. Yeah. Allegedly. There we go. Let's get a couple clean, clean allegedly. <laughs> so the, yeah, the thing you just <laughs> said was alleged. It was an alleged murder. Right. That's right. It was the next door neighbor's theory about the real, the real death. Wait, did you say they live next door? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right next door. That's so intense. Mm-hmm. That is intense uh, because then you have to carry on with w- watching the pickup truck pull in. Oh, but also yeah. the the two steps that she slipped down supposedly were allegedly were on our side, so we could look out our windows and clearly see those. You know, the mm-hmm. houses were relatively close together. We could clearly see those. Two steps. Did so we could have witnessed. I mean, how did he know we didn't witness it? Did and he stick did. around afterwards? Was he still? No, he moved it? pretty soon that's thereafter. Good. He moved away. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, they did have a, a a cellar though, so they had a very small little tornado cellar because there were a lot of tornadoes. So when the next people moved in, I can remember getting to miss school and going down there a lot with our cat and our dog. <laughs> And hunkering down with the neighbors. Looking for bodies. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you ever ask them how the, if they have any trouble with those steps? Mm. Yeah. If see. a cold hand grabs the front of their <gasps> neck and pulls them. There you go. <laughs> I think they might have gotten rid of the steps altogether. I think they remodeled. You got Smart. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to disclose that when you buy a house. I think some places That's a weird do, thing right? Too, right? Yes. Oh, not within everywhere? Three year, I think here it's like within three years, or maybe that's renting. I, I'm making all this shit up. <laughs> but there's definitely like, you don't have to after a certain amount of time. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Also, would you have to disclose it if it wasn't a crime? If it was just a right. death on a property, but yeah. it was like natural co- natural throat causes. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to disclose it. I, I wonder. I don't know. Because I mean, if somebody maybe just dies, also, I it wasn't in they the don't house. make you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, maybe if only if that was a crime, because then there could be something could happen to your ownership of the property. Like somebody could come along later and say, well, we need to reopen this investigation so that then they would be required by law to let you know. Yeah. It was an eventuality. We're going to dig up this whole pool. That kind of stuff. I dig you a pool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Scorpio, so, and Scorpios apparently are interested in all this kind of stuff. Do you guys have that excuse? Are either of you Scorpios? I'm a Gemini, so I'm just supposed to be crazy and uh, (laughs) like anything out of out of the ordinary what are gemini's supposed to be well it's twins so it's like mm-hmm. you know i'm basically a manic depressive oh, okay with sun signs oh my gosh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> according I to linda Gaiman. what what are you i'm a taurus oh, oh so i'm like i don't know maybe i'm into justice that's why oh. i like it mm. yeah makes Nick's, sense Nick's a cancer. oh so is my husband really yes right August? <laughs> nope. He's a July. June 26th. Okay, never mind. What's the one after that? Leo. He's a um, Leo. Oh, yeah. Clearly, I'm. That's August. He's, yeah. Yeah, you're very <laughs> devoted wife. It's touching. <laughs> and <laughs> astrologer. We have She's to check. all of it. We have to check the inside of his wedding ring to remember if we got married on March 5th or 6th. <laughs> we never remember. It's, it's good if you're, if that, as long as it's both it's of you. It's mutual. Yeah. 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 Are you guys into that kind of stuff? Like, a, have you had your chart done or anything like that? I had a psychologist who would do your chart. And <laughs> I swear to God. Really? She had two, po- she, two poodles that she dyed like pink in her office and she would read your chart. I had, a, I wasn't speaking to my mom at the time, but I had to speak to her to find out what time I was born. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick. She was tricking you. I mean, hence the psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. She was using astrology to trick you. That's true.
Do people think that you come as a matched set? Because I know that I had a party with all girls and I asked you guys to come and in my mind, I was kind of like, well, they'll come together. <laughs> Why would you? I mean, you don't, you don't do everything together. But I, I, kind yeah. of ha- I kind of have that with Nick and I kind of have that with my band partner, Nancy and Beth. People mm-hmm. think that we just go everywhere together yeah. all the time. Yeah. People think team. that. I think we kind of had our own identity before we started the podcast mm-hmm. so much so that they don't expect that. Mm, but I think when we are somewhere together, and it did happen when we came here, we were both like, I don't know anyone and just kind of bond, like we were able to stick to each other. Yeah, yeah. we get to be our own team, which is yeah. not, it's bad for me socially because I will not, I'll come here and it was like, I talked to people I knew and at maybe like, yeah, at uh. the party and maybe like two other people. Oh, okay. But I'm so bad at those kinds of social shows, socializing things where like it couldn't have been a, a better group of people. It couldn't have been more primed to just like say hi to other women that, you you know, obviously Megan had selected so that everyone's going to be cool. And I was just like, nah, I'm going to stand over here with my arms crossed. Like <laughs> there's something about it. I think it's it's like 90s brain damage of when everyone was just so snobby on purpose and like oh, I can't let yes. it go. I know. It's so so hard. There were at least four other people at the party who are exactly like you. So I feel like next time, if you're all here at once, I'm going to throw you guys together. (laughs) And then, yeah. I do the same thing, though, a lot of times when we go, gosh, we went to somebody's birthday party about a year ago, and we walked in and we didn't know anybody and i i wanted to <laughs> heading back out to the valet yeah. and nick was like mm, maybe we should stay it was a surprise party for somebody <laughs> yeah. like a good friend of ours but then we ended up really i mean i nick nick doesn't have the same problem that i do but i, I come from farmer politicians yeah. <laughs> you're I willing to shake a hand hello having <laughs> to talk to other people and being like oh, oh they weren't so bad <laughs> Yeah. But I don't know where that comes from because I th- I think I'm a friendly person, outgoing. But I think it's those certain social situations where you know you're going to be stuck there for a yeah. certain amount of time, yeah. and it's like, do I really have to get to know? Well, that's why I ended up <laughs> drinking. I had to get dressed up and put on mascara and get to know other people. Yeah, small so. What is this? A full time job? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not here for that. Well, that's why I end up drinking too much of parties. It's, it's a great excuse to go like, yeah. well, I'll be right back. I need another drink. Right. It's just that I, I used to stuff. drink and I quit drinking because really sort of because of that, because um, when you go to a party, you can't keep track of how much you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you ha- if you're drinking wine and they're just refilling it, you can't keep yeah. track. And I have to, I need to know because I'm small. I couldn't drink more than two and a half or three glasses of wine. And then I would. And then I <laughs> yeah. Would barfing yeah. so i just quit pool. drinking and telling people the truth yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i was a big drinker myself uh, did you tell the truth i love to tell the truth and also physically threaten the largest man in the room for some Are you reason kidding? yeah that was my big thing was is your move yeah <laughs> maybe it was a move and i didn't even realize it but near the end i was only drinking whiskey it was very oh, like wow. you know when you were in your 20s and you start Start getting romantic about your alcoholism yes. where you're just like Bukowski man or it's like you're 26 <laughs> years old <laughs> like, you're not Charles Bukowski so like when my friends would all just be sipping beer I was just doing mm. shots of Jameson's every every chance I could then I would turn there would be the turn at like the fourth shot and suddenly I hated all the people I was with and I would look around like who was more interesting and there was oh, like the time I did it it was at the um rustic inn and I went over and sat with three dudes who looked like they just came off of like uh-huh. bou- uh-huh. being bouncers at a club. Like they all three were humongous. Dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were all sitting at the end of the bar and I just went and I was like sat down as the fourth. And my friends, like when they finally noticed, they were like, Get what are you doing? It was like a child had wandered mm. into that area because I was like, no, I'm with these guys. And I was kind of, they did they didn't even notice that I was there, oh, but I was like girl. leaning away. <laughs> it's crazy. So I think that's my social anxiety is like because I used to always treat it with just being blackout drunk. Now it's just this weird kind of like, I should know. And it feels like like I should have learned my lines by now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it. So mm-hmm. now I just have to stand here by the 
pico de gallo supper <laughs> and i have to be like get me hand me another wine yeah. <laughs> and drive me home please but there's also the the factor that when we're in our 20s you know by and large we're in a, in a phase of life where we're supposed to uh, be open to people and meet people because mm -hmm. we're exploring to find our path and so forth and the people in this bed at the moment have had the good fortune of finding a path that has led to amounts of contentment and success and perhaps quelled a lot of insecurity or like, oh, I, I yes. have been able to use my personal weirdness to, you know, <laughs> oh pay a mortgage yeah. and keep gas in the car. Unbelievable. So now when you're, I'm in those social situations, that's also an element where yeah. I'm like, ah, what if... Um, does anybody just want to talk about uh, history, maybe? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is there any, you know, I would love to just talk to a nerd in the corner. Yes, about... I love that. Well, that's what, I think that's kind of what we did. <laughs> that is what we did. Yeah. It's like we, you know, everyone was having their small talk, talking shit party conversation. And she and I just ended up in the kitchen talking about, you know, the murder documentaries that we're watching lately. And, oh, my God, do you love, I obsessed with this story. Do you know that story? Yeah. So that's kind of how it happened. And how you met, when mm -hmm. you met. Yeah. yeah. And kind of being fighty about it. I think it's that thing, too, of, like, it's the, um, the you know, finding your your levels at a party where, like, we wanted to scream about, like, yeah. the owl theory from the staircase. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Don't get me started. Right. Where yeah, everyone else in the kitchen was like, talk about that. goodbye, you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's bullshit. Think? You it's, think the owl is bullshit? I think in that, I mean, people loved, people now are talking about the owl theory and going like, but look at all of these cases where owls attacked. And it's like, yes, I understand that's happening. It doesn't mean an owl killed that woman. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's people pulling these weird, crazy things. I, it drives me crazy because it's like, everybody wants that. I mean, I do too, the smoking gun, mm -hmm. right. but we can't be crazy. Like right. we can't. Well, the only reason it sticks in my mind and that I, I when you said that I, it, I perked up is because I felt like the, the wounds on her head kind of, they do sort of look like could have been made by claws. I mean, they're okay. Long. Let's break out the file folder. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> did look they at these look sketches like that were before made. the um, theory came up? Like, did anyone even point that out before? Like, that's what I'd like mm -hmm. to know in the autopsy if yeah they noticed claw-like or you know feathers in the wounds. Oh right. If mm -hmm. before that theory right. got brought up, because also I mean, if you then like if anything goes like that, then she could have that could have been the reason she was outside having her glass of wine by the pool, an owl swiped her, attacked mm -hmm. her head. You know. She came in to go, oh my God, guess what just happened? And then he kills her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, it, doesn't, right. it doesn't disclude. Yeah, exactly. right. That is the best. That is This is the new right. owl it's theory. Both. Yes. yes. It's both. Everybody gets their way. She oh my had God. a terrible night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was like. Nothing was going her way. So she was already very upset. Yeah. Like, Why would he kill her? Because she was being so dramatic. Yeah, she, an she owl was just being irritating about the owl. He's <laughs> like, God, you're so dramatic. Oh, oh, push you God. down the stairs. I mean, I feel like that guy. He's a super weird guy. Yeah. The vibe is not good no. with but that. Guy. It's not like you're like him. I couldn't even. Yeah. He right. he's got a, a a weird charm. Do you know what I mean? Like he's kind of cute and fun he in a way that is. isn't right. Yeah. Someone yeah. who like <laughs> in that way I don't trust. Yes. 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 Hate charm. Also, if you have one other stare death in your past. Right. There's, oh, I'm sorry, that's right. a yeah. that's, that's If you push another wife down the stairs. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, oops, allegedly. It's also alleged. As, oh. I, as I'm picturing, I'm running back through this in my memory, to, uh, would would good casting be John C. McGinley? Yes. Is that guy? <gasps> Perfection. Oh I never said it at the time, but I'm remembering it. I'm like, I know that smile. Dear listener, <laughs> we're talking about an incredible crime documentary that is in several parts called The Staircase. Der Stockhausen. And it came out a few years ago, and then it now they've done a follow-up to it where they have did like three more hours of documentary in the intervening years. So if you haven't seen that, it really is great. Even if you don't think you're necessarily a fan of murder or murder mysteries or anything like that, I think that um, this is kind of a universal, you're going to get sucked in and... and 
wonder why you didn't get in on the ground floor yeah. sooner. Because it's real. Yeah. That's the yeah. craziest part. I mean, <clears throat> I we are sitting here joking, laughing or whatever, but it's like the fact that all of that happened and those people are in the place and position. Yeah, and her children. They are not, it's so oh, intense. You guys will love, you'll get a kick out of this. So Nick, uh, Nick and I met in 2000, so we've been together for 19 and a half years. And um, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And that's, that's an my accomplishment. Story. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that. That's the longest I'm relationship surprised. you've ever had. Oh, I love that story. Wait, there's more. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so we've been together all this time. And um, fairly early on, I said something to Nick, something came up about OJ, the OJ trial. And he's like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about that. I didn't watch that. And I was like, you, what? <laughs> he's like, I'm not interested in that. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, I didn't, when that was happening, I was doing Chicago theater and I didn't care about that stuff and I didn't watch it. And I, I don't understand why you think it's such a big thing. And he was casting aspersions on my character. And <laughs> I said, oh, okay, well, someday this is going to have to get addressed. <laughs> so then within the last, you know, four or five years, there have been two major That's documentaries. The ESPN one. Amazing. And the, what was the other one? It was, uh, we called it The Simpsons. We call, we call The Simpsons OG, People versus OG oh, Simpsons. Yeah. Ryan. Oh, the Ryan. live act. Yeah, yeah. scripted. Oh, yeah. so good. Both so good. And, so good. Um, so we watched both both of those and about <laughs> 20 minutes into the ESPN one, the first one we watched, which was the ESPN one, Nick was like, oh my God, what this the is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I know about this story about OJ Simpson who, Why didn't I mean, no I one... think he did it. And I was like, wait, okay. So now you're fully, fully, fully on board. Whereas you couldn't have been bothered it's like the time I went to Graceland with my mom and she didn't know who Elvis was. And by the time we left, she was crying on his grave. Oh, <laughs> exactly my that. God. So I was actually thrilled, though, that you There's finally a, saw the light. Yeah, no, I mean, it's there is a time in my life, there it was like a decade where I didn't have a TV and I was just deeply into doing theater. <laughs> that I, turtleneck would not come off. Well, I, w I was acting in <laughs> plays. Pulled it over his eyes. I was, <laughs> no TV. I, I was, I was uh, ta talking to skulls. Yes. I was oh. writing with quills. No, I, I was building scenery. Like, I, I, when I, if I wasn't acting in a play, I was choreographing fights. I, I was trying to scrape together a and living, living in Chicago. you were living in an apartment that didn't have a bathroom where you would pee off of the roof. Wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. That's correct. <laughs> was it, it down the hall? There was, a, there, no, there was a toilet about a, it was a big warehouse. Oh, oh. And so you had to walk a quarter mile. So they'd to, go up to if, the roof and pee. Sure. <laughs> sure. Which was super fun uh, all winter, but then in the spring when the snow melted, it was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But so I just missed, I'm, I also missed uh, the television show Friends. Like I missed <laughs> swaths That's many of, years. So I knew, like I, I gleaned from the world that like something had happened. There was a white Bronco car chase uh -huh. involving yeah. OJ. Yeah. And I was like, man, people are fucking freaking out about this. Yeah. But I didn't, I just didn't, I, I was way too solipsistic, wrapped up in like, there was someone in I have to get cast in this production of well, Coriolanus. Well, it was very satisfying. <laughs> it was very satisfying that you got on board so enthusiastically. You've opened, I mean, sincerely, you've opened my eyes to a great many things. Not just the OJ Not the least trial. of which. <laughs> There's a podcast. the fascination of OJ. Um, Ronald Goldman's sister is now doing a podcast where she's like interviewing all the people from the whole case. It's really incredible. Oh, she's oh. kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah, she definitely is. I can't remember the name of it, but it's great. Oh. And I'm, I thought I wasn't interested in that anymore because I've seen and read so much. If you much. remember it, text me. because Do you want to, can you look it up? Confronting OJ Simpson. That's it. I was going to say defending O.J. Simpson. I'm like, that can't be right. Can't be that. She's not doing no, that. she's not doing that. Okay. I have listened to some very famously named uh, podcasts. I listened to one recently that's based on a famous television show, and it was terrible. <laughs> so you guys should feel pretty good Thank about you. yourselves. Thank you. It is nice when you hear some podcasts and you're like, oh, not everyone can do this. I'm not just, just right. like by the seat of my pants. Yeah, we didn't yeah. we didn't get to number one. Uh, That's right. By good luck. Right, and good <laughs> yeah. looks. But it occurs to me, since we're digging into the staircase and OJ a little bit, also, we have you in the seat of our, in the palm of our hands at the moment. Uh, so let's also get you to weigh in on 
making a murderer. Ooh, yes. Who, who I think I might be able to be cast as. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. God. Me and McGinley Smart. are going to yeah. be wrestling. Highlights in there. PC for highlights. That Emmy. Yep. <laughs> Cash in while you can. Yes. Do it. Um, do you think I, murderer will become a category at the Emmys? <laughs> should, you gotta should be. <laughs> um, that that one the first time around affected me so deeply from the very beginning with fucking Ken Kratz, that character human being, mm. being like the most crooked. Yeah. Was he the DA? I think so. Yeah. 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 Like it, it was. You couldn't have written it if you wrote it like that. People would be like, "This is please, mm. please turn it down a little bit." Like he was <laughs> ridiculous, and it was the like the injustice of it and the like horror of it. And I kept starting to think that I had these theories that were what no one else was seeing, mm -hmm. even the documentary filmmakers that mm -hmm. lived there for three years. Like that one really got me. So when the second one came out, mm -hmm. I didn't watch it. And someone just yelled at me about this recently because apparently, did you watch it? I tried watching it and then I stopped and then I realized I missed a big chunk at the end that's like important. Oh yeah. I'm supposed to. No. Yeah. I don't, I mean, we watched it, but I can't really remember exactly what what did happen at the end of that? Well, the 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 big headline was they brought, he got that new lawyer who was that mm. incredible sort of that woman sort of uh, Reno intense character like mm. very um, and she uh, worked out those other theories about uh, the vehicle coming in on that back road and they they explored they searched areas back there for the body and the brother-in-law like had a burn pit that was suspicious mm -hmm. yeah the brother-in-law really was made out to be a possible suspect yeah. um and i mean so it was still left incredibly murky yeah but um do you think he did it I, I my general feeling is we came away feeling like no yeah that's what I mean. yeah. because it just doesn't add up the the simple narrative like i i always in those i always get mad because i i want someone to, he, like he didn't have enough of a connection to her well just yeah walking through that narrative of like this girl shows up to take a picture of a vehicle and it escalates to the point where all of these things that are that are pretty disprovable he shackled her to a bed he got his cousin or nephew yeah to like get in, to like rape her. It just, it's like, well, okay, everybody, let's hold it's on really a second. Right. Simple, a simple. Walk me thing. through this. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and also then in the, in the first one, they, when they were like, they went over it and the story that um, Brendan Dassey told was straight out of the plot of a movie or a book. Uh, yeah. Then right, it was just right. like mm -hmm. that combined with the fact that, he, that um, the main guy bankrupted the county mm -hmm. for, because of that lawsuit that he won. Right. Like it, to me, it's very clear. Yeah. Like it's very clear that he isn't. Um, but it what bothers me is that all that aside, it's like, but who is mm -hmm. guilty? Right. Mm -hmm. Instead aside, of getting all like, that's. What is the dark story that we're not even touching? On? Yes. Yeah. Like, Who's the person standing in the crowd that's like in every shot? I want to know that. Yeah. That's why I love cold cases too, though, is just because like it's, it's, you can still keep guessing mm -hmm. and maybe one day you'll find out the mystery. I have a question. What's happened to serial killers? <laughs> are they still, I mean, we are realized... they still out there thriving or have they gotten run off the road by the internet? Oh, no. I mean, they're it's still there. They're still there for sure. It doesn't feel like it in that 70s way. Yeah. <laughs> but think... now they're doing like the guy that they just caught that had killed over 100 people, they think. Oh, right. He was doing it for so long. Oh, I don't know about this. He flew under the radar. It was a guy that I think he ended up, he was caught by a Texas Ranger. But he basically killed multiple women in almost every state. He's one of those guys. So I feel like now they're um, much more low key, not like Ted Bundy, where it's like some berserker, you know, killing oh, women yes. at a yeah a sorority house or whatever. But like they much... don't have a theme so much. Well, I think yeah, they're also... the theme is don't get caught. Uh -huh. I think the I think the theme too is that we're now like they're not being mystified, like they're not mystified and they're not glorified as much anymore. We mm -hmm. kind of just fucking hate. So that's them why now. people might not yeah. be drawn to it as right. much, like the actual series. And there are cameras everywhere. Right. Yes. Uh, you you can basically figure out who was where right. almost in any public uh -huh. place and, and a DNA. lot of not as public places. And, yeah. tr and tr uh, tracking people's phones. And, and DNA, do you think that that's 
they, some people you know, still say that DNA isn't irrefutable, but mm. you guys oh. think it is. Yeah. Because they, they just don't want it to be? Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> you know, in certain cases, they'll try to play it off like, well, we still haven't quite gotten to the bottom of this DNA thing. <laughs> yeah. I think people don't understand that, like, every crime is not going to have a, have DNA, a DNA match, mm -hmm. maybe. And they're out, and so if, if there isn't DNA in the case, which everyone's expecting, they don't think it's, um, you know, it's open and closed. They're waiting for that DNA that now they have touch DNA, which is fucking scary. Yeah, that's so crazy. But it is weird to watch old episodes of Forensic Files and they talk about um, blood spatter technology, which has been disproven. Hair. It thing. has? Hair and fiber. Yeah. Fiber technology. It's all stuff where it's like when they went and actually analyzed it, it was like, oh, this is all from one guy <gasps> who basically, that's the blood spatter thing is, wow. is that happened in the well, staircase. that's a big yeah. part of the staircase. Yes. I was just going to say, yeah. I, that was, I screamed out loud when that happened, when that part of the story got told when they were, when they were re making those recreations and and trying to make the splatter yes but I, but then later when they were basically like he was completely full of shit yeah like completely exposed as just kind of a fraud and it made all of it up it's just like oh my god wait i had one more that i wanted to ask you guys about which is um the one I know is your favorite murder, which is uh, the, the Jean Benet. Yeah, Jean Benet Ramsey. So, yeah. what I my my question is, what do you today like? What is your theory like at this minute? Because I I don't remember what's happened since I listened to the very first podcast a long time ago. Yeah, and that how you've evolved, um, if if anything. I think it's become a little more vague to me. I think I used to think like the brother accidentally hit her, and the parents, you know needed to quiet it and blah, blah, blah. Now that the parents are both dead, it's a lot harder He's still to... alive, isn't he? The brother. No. Oh, I thought they both Did died. the father die Dad's too? still alive. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. See, I don't, we don't do any fact checking. Yeah. No. We don't do any no, research. Why you? <laughs> um, we do it live. We don't, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Fact I just do it through conversation. Right. That's right. And then well, this is the, this is the dress rehearsal. <laughs> uh, I just think the call was coming from inside the house, but I don't know how. You know, mm -hmm. like nobody, there was nobody else so in there that day. he's still around, the father. Yeah. What's your feeling on that one? The brother, like the brother doing something and then people covering it up makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But we've met people. This is how I always get my head turned. We will meet people in the meet and greets at our show who will be like, hey, my dad was the investigator. And he says, absolutely was blah, blah, blah. And whatever, oh, yeah. it'll always be like the daughter of a detective. And I will believe anything that person says. Cause she's <laughs> yeah. like, look, my dad told me that. Like, whatever, where it's the most insider information. Like yeah. it feels like the most privileged insider. So someone told us something about that that changed it a little bit. Uh, at one point there was a weird, there was a pedophile Santa Claus yeah. that visited the house and mm -hmm. I kind of, that was my owl theory style thing that I enjoyed where I was like, what if it's the thing no one will consider, yeah. which is a rampaging pedophile Santa Claus. Which is what it would be if it was a television show. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It would be the owl or the Santa Claus. Or an owl Santa Claus. Oh, <laughs> pedophile owl? Ew. But owl dressed as Santa, yes. Yeah. Yes. On board with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what do you now? Do you guys? You've been doing the podcast for a while. So, do you have to like go like dig for murders that you haven't didn't know about before? Yeah, yeah. I know. I know too much at oh. this point. It's a mm -hmm. lot. But yeah, also touring. We do the murders from the cities we go to. Oh yeah. So that has been like very eye opening of all the different. I mean, every, cause we're like, oh, the Pacific Northwest is so filled with serial killers. It's like every state in the union, yeah. except for maybe South Dakota, yeah. they all have the worst stories. And and the shit you have to Google to find the murder is like, you just see the worst shit and the and, worst and articles. And your fans also tip you off. Yes. yes. I mean, they're yeah. lifesavers, yeah, yeah, in that way. And you go and you tour and people just go crazy. It's the it's best. Awesome. It's, it's like, so it's, fun. It's all I'd like friends. to see you guys live. Let's go. I would yeah. love to. I mean, did you do, for some reason, uh, I mentioned Tucson earlier, and then it popped into my head that I've heard you guys do a show there. Did you do a live show in Tucson? Was it Tucson? 
Or Phoenix. Was, I think it was Phoenix that we did it. Yeah. For Matters. We were in Albuquerque. Um, I think it was Tucson. Uh, was it? Was. <laughs> <laughs> you could be totally. Yeah. But, but he I have wants to be your manager. To some live ones, and it is thrilling to hear the theater go apeshit. I mean, so crazy. We and can't believe it. From the first live show we did, which was at the Chicago Podcast Festival, now, like, I guess two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, or almost three, <laughs> almost three years because oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. December, You're I think. Right. And we thought like when they asked us to do that podcast festival, we didn't have touring agents yet. And I was like, I'll, I'll take care of the touring, Georgia. Don't worry. <laughs> oh yeah. Such an easy job. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. I'm really organized. Not at all. I'm great at taking care of things in a timely fashion. And making travel arrangements is a blast. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. It's so much fun. Uh, I won't put it off to the last minute at all. <laughs> anyway, I got this and then thank God we got a touring agent. And so we it was a like the first official show and it was at the um it was at the theater in chicago that's kind of like up north it starts with a p it starts with an a i think it's like a weird not algonquin but it's like a weird kind of old-fashioned sounding name like that anyway it doesn't matter but athenium athenium oh athenium thank you damn it we're so close we almost got it we did but it was either 800 or 1500 yeah. something around there to us we were like holy we shit thought we were doing like a like a, like a comedy club yeah i was like we get 100 people we're gonna be destroying and this theater is filled and we walk out and it's like screaming and luckily brandy posey my friend brandy who is also at this festival was in the audience so she got it she recorded it oh wow. and my parents were there yeah it was crazy it was just like all the, it was like a thing that was waiting for us to walk in it yeah, was like no pre-built oh, man. they did it all themselves and yeah. we just got to go pick up the glory oh, that's so <laughs> great and what about did you do a tour for your book yes but it was Fairly. really really short because we were already on tour we were on tour like six months and our book came out yeah. and we were like we'll do three shows but it ended up being so easy it's just people asking us questions instead of doing a whole book report yeah. about a murder yeah i did a half-assed job of describing the book but would you guys please <laughs> describe it because it needs to be a little more fleshed out than me saying it's really good. A, l- a little more profound. I think that's all we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a memoir in a It's a how dual to, memoir. In a how-to form of uh, based on mistakes and our terrible pasts and wrongs, things that we've done, which are plentiful, um, and then how we got to where we are today, kind of. Yeah. And we use, like, the sayings that kind of people like from the show as chapter headers so those were like what set the theme so we kind of knew what to write about because we really didn't we they said do you want to write a book and we're like sure because we were both like let's just get what we can while this is <laughs> yeah. popular this and like get out we definitely have always operated under <laughs> yeah. like this will end soon like, before they the figure out yes. yeah. <laughs> big time before they, let, they find out who's who they let in yeah exactly <laughs> And then we were like, now we have to write a book. <laughs> like, it was harder. daunting. It's so funny, though. And it's so, like, it really did make me want to be best friends with you guys. Yeah. And I'm sure that everybody who read it felt oh, that way. thank you. Yes. And I didn't even listen to it. I read it. Wow. Um, I'm, I think listening to the audiobook would even be more so. Paul Giamatti makes a special appearance yeah. in the audiobook. Oh, wow. yeah, you told me. Oh, well, maybe I'll listen to it also because I'm actually ready for a new audiobook. I'm going to listen to it too, I think. Wow. Uh, if we could just get your signatures on it. Well, I'm making you re listen to our book. You already read. <laughs> Which I want to, because I, I uh, do a run every day and I and I'm, need something. I love listening to stuff. So what, I want to get the. the uh, you must remember this. Is that what it's called? Yes. That's a good one. So I it's, haven't heard that. It's really so old good. Hollywood, and it's great. But they did do a whole thing about the Manson murders. And I'm going to totally listen to your book. And I remember the theater that I thought was Tucson, and still I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I believe it had a revolve. Yes. Yes. Stage. Was that Tucson? I don't know. Shit. It was because they no one told us, and this was the kind of thing when we walked in, and I was like, "We're holy shit," because. The stage itself, like uh, like we like we're doing some we're putting up a you know production of the Music Man or whatever, just very slowly revolved the entire night. And but I got it's a little just, seasick. Yes, we were like had to focus. I had to like use these girls. There were women yeah. in the audience that were dressed super like My Little Pony, like real. They had like lavender hair and pink hair and whatever. And so they were my twelve o'clock. 
And I just knew like wherever they were is how I was oriented in the room. Cause it was, it was insanity. Someone got barfed on that. Was it, was it yeah. in the round? Oh, wow. is that yes. It was in the round and rotating. Good God. <laughs> Wait, so like who barfed? Uh, someone that every once in a while we get a girl who has too many cans of wine yeah. at this concession stand. <laughs> People and get excited. It's, a, it's like a party. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. gets ugly. We had a we had one barf in the aisle and then or barf in her seat and then climb. Uh, what was it? She crawled out. <laughs> Like army style, crawled out to of the get theater. Out of the barfy seat. Yeah, oh, just because she was just trying to get away. I think. So embarrassed. And then we just did one where somebody barfed in. Um, it was a beautiful big old theater, and the usher and I do not blame this person came down it's like the, row three, livid. Yeah, so they were right there and snapped out a garbage bag like mid show <laughs> as we we're like, either. and then he picked up the knife or whatever. And it's like, like yeah. the most pissed off <laughs> usher that had to clean up someone's barf right there. Oh, it was no. hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. I wouldn't be happy about it either. No, no way. Embarrassing. But you know, if you barf on, if you had too many cans of wine, you're just a, one of us. Oh yeah. You know, we've, we've, all, we've all been We've there. all been too yeah. many cans of wine. Amen. So many times. And, we'll, and I'll be again. That's how you learn <laughs> how many cans is too many. That's right. But that's right. my thing is, and I always say this to people that apologize for getting drunk. I'm like, but the thing is, if you had can, the whole point of a drinking is to get out yeah. of control. Right. So by the time you get to the drunk can, who gives a shit that four cans is too many? Then that's yeah. when the fire really starts inside me where I'm like, we're off wine. Now we're just gonna <laughs> pull down that bottle. Like that's when the passion really begins for me. Right. You know, when I, I was thinking about this the other day, when I used to drink, I was so desperate to still seem like I was in control that I could never tell if I was drunk. <laughs> and then I'd be like passed out. I'd be like, well, I guess I was drunk after all. <laughs> so I was wasted. Yeah. But, but putting but in so much I wouldn't effort. allow even myself to acknowledge that. Yeah. yeah. My mom would go, mom, you're drunk. I'm just having fun. That's <laughs> when you know she's had too no, many cans right. of wine. <laughs> just having fun. You're being mean. <laughs> Janet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would like to say thank you, dear listener, for listening to a truly unforgettable, I think I can say, episode or possibly two episodes. Oh, oh wow. Mm. Double spectacular. Yeah. Play this episode. clip at the awards. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The podcast awards. What if we That's tie right. and then we tie and it's like the best? Yeah. Yeah. Karen Kilgariff, Georgia Hard Stark. My gosh. My new best friends. Thank you guys. The uh, star of our show, Mr. Nick Offerman, uh, and me, featured player Megan Mullally. Not a big deal. <laughs> Thanks again, you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. Good night. Peace to all the good citizens of the planet Earth. <laughs> Catchy. Love it. Yeah. Bed with Nick and Megan is an Earwolf production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts. 